Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, over the New Year's weekend, we had the college football playoff semifinal games Alabama and Georgia both winning, both covering and advancing to an SEC championship game rematch in the national title game, a rematch from the national title game of several years ago where Tua was the hero in overtime. Uh, I looked at both of these games, and I'm a little heartbroken because one of my largest bets of the weekend was Georgia and the over. And Georgia covered, never a doubt. But after... A 30-point first half. I thought that I was going to get this over. I needed 46 points, and I only got 45. And yes, there was a missed field goal in the third quarter by Georgia that had that been converted, the over would have come through. But really, it was just a disappointment in that second half that after 30 points in the first half, I mean, it was 27-3. to And in that third quarter, there was Michigan getting all the way down to the 19-yard line only to throw an interception. Then there was the punt. Georgia goes three and out. Then Michigan fumbles. Georgia then misses the field goal after a lengthy 11-play drive. Michigan then marches, uh, you know, they get into plus territory, turn the football over on downs. That's when Georgia scored the touchdown. Then Michigan again gets into, they actually get fourth and goal at the five-yard line. And I'm thinking, hey, I got a chance here. I know there's not a lot of time left in this game. But I got a chance. And they don't get in. Turnover on downs. Georgia then goes three and out. Michigan then gets the touchdown, right, on the uh, 35-yard pass. And then Georgia uh, doesn't make sure that they don't get the football back. And the game is over. 34-11, the final score. It was crushing. It really was crushing. Especially because I felt like I handicapped that game really well. Um, 
I've been on Georgia and Alabama. I probably should, should have done Georgia and Alabama together and not worried about the totals. Um, couple of bowl game thoughts as I recap bowl season, which was I, I, very, I definitely read a lot of these games correctly, but I definitely lost on some of these games as well. Um, the Notre Dame loss really stung. Really stung. Because that was one of my favorite bets of the bowl season. And they had a 28-7 to lead and were probably 90% to cover that game. They allow the late touchdown at the end of the first half, and then in the second half, they just get dominated, and they lose 37-35. Oh, that was a tough day. That, that, that Saturday was just a... Whew, After losing that game, I should have known that something crazy was going to happen with my next bet. And my next bet was Utah on the money line. I talked about this for weeks, about the inability for Ohio State to sell tickets, how Utah was going to dominate the crowd, how Utah was playing this game, you know, their first ever Rose Bowl, it meant something to them. And I anticipated all the opt-outs for Ohio State. So I got the money line in at plus 260 before the line dropped. I didn't want to buy back in when the line dropped. I just stayed with my money line bet. And it looked good. I mean, it looked real good. It was 21 to 7. And then it was 28 to 14. It was 35-21 at the half. And the fourth quarter was just absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba with one of the great bowl games that you will ever see. He had 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. also had three touchdowns. C.J. Stroud threw for 573 yards and six touchdowns. And if he does not open up the season next year as the Heisman favorite, something's wrong. Because <laughs> this guy will be and should be the Heisman favorite going into next season. So that was a tough loss. And then I had Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. And I knew that it, that bet was over as soon as Matt Corral goes down. And that is it's a polarizing debate. It's something that's going to be talked about. Why should top NFL talent play in these meaningless bowl games? Some people say, I love the fight. I love the uh, spirit. Go out there and play for your team. And NFL GMs are going to be uh, you know, thrilled that you wanted to go out there and, and and you showed that character that you wanted to play in the bowl game. But as much as NFL GMs might love the character, if their doctors, when they do their, their medicals, if they find something that they don't like, they're not going to draft you. These NFL teams are going to invest a lot of money in these players. And when they do their medicals, 
and I'm not saying that this is going to be the case. I don't know the extent of Corral's injury. I don't know what's going on there. But hypothetically speaking, worst case scenario, something shows up in his medicals as a result of this injury that maybe doctors predict future injuries or, you know, uh, the muscles are weakened, the tendons are weakened, there's going to be a re-injury or something. I just don't know. Now, look, they've gotten really good at a lot of these surgeries and, and, and things like that. Like, what was it? Tua had the wires put into his ankles and, and all that stuff. So uh, there's definitely um, things that, 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 that are done and medical marvels. And you don't have to worry about this stuff moving forward. And let's hope that's the case. And there's nothing to, to worry about with Matt Corral. But that just stung to watch that happen. Not from just a betting perspective, but really just from a, a personal per- perspective. You hate to see that happen to a kid who just wanted to go out there and play instead of opting out and getting ready for the NFL draft. There still is one bowl game left prior to the national championship game. It's Tuesday night, LSU, Kansas State, and Kansas State is a five-point favorite in that game that is the texas bowl in houston so lsu against kansas state in houston texas bowl kansas state minus four and a half in the national championship game georgia is a three-point favorite over alabama the total is 52 last time these two teams played in the national championship what was that the 26 23 in overtime but the last time these two teams played this year was the SEC championship game when Alabama really handled Georgia 41-24. I'm riding with Georgia in this game, and I'll have more on this as we get closer, but uh, I do think that there's something to the rematch aspect. I do think Georgia will correct some of the mistakes they made, and the announcers kept kept saying um, something that I thought was very interesting. People watching Georgia for maybe the second time in this semifinal, like the first time you watched Georgia was in the SEC championship game, and the second time you watched them was in this semifinal. And you might think, wow, Georgia's, they're playing a great game. Their defense is playing a great game against Michigan. And I think it was Herb Street who kept saying, no, this is who Georgia's been all season. The game against Alabama was a fluke. That was an outlier. This is a, this is how good Georgia's been all season. I've been on Georgia all season long. I wish I had a ticket on them to win the national championship before the season started. My futures that I had on them, my biggest one was the over 11 and a half wins, uh, or excuse me, over 10 and a half wins. That came through. And then I had a Georgia to win the SEC ticket that unfortunately did not come through because of them losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game. I think they exact revenge, and I think they win this game uh, against Alabama in the national championship. We'll do plenty on this, though, moving forward um, as we get closer and closer to the championship game, which will be next Monday, January 10th. So one more game to go with bowl season. The Texas Bowl on Tuesday, Kansas State, LSU, total of 48. Uh, I lean towards Kansas State. LSU's kind of got, you know, the quarterback situation you know, in flux, and um, 
you know, the player situation there with a lot of guys opting out already earlier this season that are not going to play. So uh, I lean towards Kansas State. They are a five-point favorite. And then January 10th will be the national title game between Georgia and Alabama. Um, And I do lean towards the Bulldogs getting revenge there. Uh, We'll get back into the NFL. I want to take a look at the awards and see where we are after 17 weeks. Now, the odds haven't been updated, but we can kind of predict where we think they're going to go when we uh, address things here tomorrow. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN. Follow on Twitter at Scott's On Air and at VSIN Live. It's the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Taking a look at the awards and where we could be for the futures market moving forward. Odds have not been updated on DraftKings as of yet. However, we can kind of predict where they're going to go. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP favorite right now. Don't believe there will be a change in that as Rodgers. Uh, you know, did okay here against the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. 288 yards and two touchdowns. Again, Rodgers with the the touchdown-to-interception ratio is absolutely absurd. But, right, he's got 30, 
33 now touchdowns, I believe. 33 touchdowns to only four interceptions. Brady leads the league with 37 touchdowns. He has 11 interceptions. And let's see. Four, uh, is that up? Let's see. 16. I believe it hasn't been updated just yet. Um, as we have, yeah, Tom Brady is having just a phenomenal season. Um, he's got 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Brady this season has, there's no other way to put it. I mean, the guy's just been incredible this year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. 4,990 passing yards. He's got 40 touchdowns. Excuse me. That's right. That, uh, that's right. It hasn't been updated. 40 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions. What's crazy is last year in 2020, Tom Brady threw 40 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So through 16 games this year, and this year they have the extra 17th game, but he has thrown the same amount of touchdowns and the same amount of interceptions this year and last year. He actually threw for more yards this year, 4,990, compared to last year's 4,633. So Brady has actually had a little bit of better season in terms of passing yardage, but passing touchdowns and interceptions, exactly the same with the extra game. He'll surpass that. So right now, 40 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Meanwhile, uh, Aaron Rodgers has 35 uh, touchdowns and four interceptions. So he's third in the league in passing touchdowns, but the four interceptions is just, honestly, it's, it's absurd. Uh, as far as passing yardage, he's at 3,977, so not as many yards as what the other guys have done. But his team is 13-3, and three, likely headed towards 14-3, and three, number one seed. Uh, I believe they're the first team in NFL history to, win, to have 13 wins in three straight seasons. First, and that's when, and I know I'm jumping uh, to the side here, but that's why I believe Matt LaFleur is going to win Coach of the Year. Because I don't think the award is going to be, like for him, they're going to reward this three-season run for him. Because he hasn't won the award yet, and all he's done is win 13 games, and likely 14 here, but at least 13 games in each of his first three seasons. Again, Matt LaFleur takes over as the head coach, first-time head coach, and under his tenure, the Green Bay Packers become the first team in NFL history to win 13 games in three straight seasons. To me, that's he deserves coach of the year. He deserves coach of the last three years uh, for that effort. But anyway, that's why Aaron Rodgers right now is your favorite. He hasn't dropped off as your favorite with his performance here against the Vikings. 35 touchdown passes and just four interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. He is your betting favorite. I think Brady should be right there with him. 
And then, you know, you can look at Josh Allen playing himself back into this thing. Josh Allen has thrown for 34 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, but Josh Allen had a big rushing day here on week 17. And Josh Allen now on the season has thrown, what does he have here? Josh Allen on the season now has six rushing touchdowns and 700 rushing yards. So he's got 4,168 passing touchdowns, 34 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 700 rushing yards, and six rushing touchdowns. He's played himself back into this conversation of potentially being the NFL MVP. Jonathan Taylor, certainly a lot to respect. 1,734 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns. There's a a lot to respect there with his candidacy for an MVP. But I don't think it's enough. He's not going to have over 2,000 yards, which I think would have really put him into the conversation. 1734. Even if he has a monster game here in the final week of the season, he won't finish with uh, 2,000. And I keep bringing it up, but Derrick Henry last year rushed for over 2,000 yards and was not the most valuable player. Jonathan Taylor, great season, not going to be the MVP. Very well could be Offensive Player of the Year, though. Although, the more I watch Cooper Cup play, and the more I look at Cooper Cup's numbers, I honestly think that Cup could get this award. I honestly would be fine if both of them win it, like if they split it. So, Jonathan Taylor this season has had one, two, three, four... 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 100-yard games. Out of 16 games played, 10 of them have been over 100 yards. Okay, he's by far, he leads the league in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. He's had a tremendous year. Cooper Cup, you want to talk about exceeding the yardage. Cooper Cup's going to go over 2,000 receiving yards. He, he could go over 2,000 receiving yards. Cooper Cup right now has 1,829 yards. And with another week, and yeah, it's unfair, 17 games, it's going to change the stat numbers. But with another week, he'll set the record for most in a single season. He's got 15 touchdowns. Out of 16 games this year, he's had one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one hundred yard games, but fifteen out of sixteen, he's had over ninety yards. He's had over ninety yards in fifteen of sixteen games this year. 
That's that's just absurd. The numbers that he's put up this season, and what's crazy is you look at the single-season receiving leaders, right? The single-season receiving record right now is held by Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards. Cooper Cup is at 1829 and could very well pass Calvin Johnson this coming week. Who is Calvin Johnson's quarterback? Matthew Stafford. Who's Cooper Cup's quarterback? Matthew Stafford. Just incredible that he could, you know, he likes when hey, when he likes one receiver. He stays with one receiver. I'm Scott Satterberg. We'll continue to take a look at some of these futures coming up next. You can follow me on Twitter. Hit me up with your thoughts at Scott's on Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is a look ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. a play card debit mastercard and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit always be ready to roll with play card visit playcard.com today to apply subject to card activation and id verification terms and costs apply card issued by metabank na member fdic scott satenberg back here with you it is the look ahead here on vsin the sports betting network one of the more polarizing futures the more polarizing award is Coach of the Year. Matt LaFleur was your favorite coming into this week. And with the Packers winning and clinching the number one overall seed, he's done nothing but improve his chance to win this award. And as I've mentioned before, I said it last segment, and I keep saying it, I believe that it would be a cumulative award given to him to kind of acknowledge what he has done the past three seasons combined as the Packers become the first team in NFL history to win at least 13 games in three straight seasons. Frank Reich was your second favorite. With the Colts losing, even if they win next week and get into the playoffs, I still think he takes a hit. Bill Belichick, it's been a great season for the the Patriots, but I don't think he's going to get the Coach of the Year award. they're not going to win the division. Um, just a very nice season. You get into the playoffs, double-digit wins, great. Mike Vrabel is an interesting name because at one point, Vrabel was the favorite to win this award. He became the favorite, I want to say, in week... Um, well, let's let's go through the weeks. Week one, Brandon Staley was your favorite to win. Week two, Brandon Staley still. Week three, even Brandon Staley. Chargers looking good. He kept being the favorite in week four and in weeks five, six, and seven. And at that point, the Chargers, they'd beaten the Chiefs, right? And were looking like a Super Bowl contending team. Then they started to fall off. In week eight, Mike McCarthy became your favorite. In week nine, it was still McCarthy. 
In week 10, Cliff Kingsbury. Cardinals, best record in the league, looking great. Week 11, Mike Vrabel became your favorite. The Titans were a really good football team. They looked really good. And they had some really big wins. Losing Derrick Henry, a lot of people wrote them off. And Vrabel's candidacy took a hit with each and every loss. In week 12, Cliff Kingsbury became the favorite. In week 13, Bill Belichick. In week 14, Bill Belichick. In week 15, Bill Belichick. And then in week 16, Bill Belichick. And then now, week 17, Matt LaFleur. Vrabel, throughout this entire time, after he was the favorite, went down, 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 and then significantly up. Why? Well, because the Titans had a big win against the 49ers. And because of that win, they clinched their division because after losing to the Steelers, there was an there was a thought that maybe the Colts were going to wind up winning this division. That if the Titans lost to the 49ers, you know, they could have suffered a hiccup here and maybe the Colts would win this division. But beating the 49ers as an underdog, now blowing out the Dolphins, They've already clinched the division. Now they are the number one seed because of the Chiefs losing. As long as they finish the season with a win over the Texans, they will be your one seed in the AFC. And for a team that lost Derrick Henry to then, you know, suffer a couple of hiccups here, you lose to the Texans, you lose to the Patriots, you you beat the Jaguars, but everyone beats the Jaguars. Then you lose to the Steelers. We're talking about losing three out of four games. And even the win over the Saints didn't look that good. They barely won that game. Things could have gone downhill for this Titans team. But the fact that they stayed, uh, you know, atop and are now the number one seed in the AFC playoffs, Mike Vrabel's name absolutely deserves a ton of credit. Deserves to be up there. But the name that we should be looking out for, and coming into this week, he was plus 750. And it's a name that we had talked about over a month ago. And uh, Jason Weingarten joined us. He talked about this name as a long shot. And in the following segment after he was on, I said, you know what? It's a great call. And, And let's explore the possibility of this person winning the award. And that was Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. And the idea was simple. If the Bengals win the division, how impressive of a job is is that by Zach Taylor? Well, at that point, you know, the Bengals were, you know, looking pretty good as a team that could possibly win the division. But in the subsequent weeks, they had lost to the Chargers and the 49ers. And... We're sitting here at, what, 7-6 and six on the year? And then three straight wins. Broncos, Ravens, and Chiefs. Now you're 10-6 and six division champs. 
I absolutely believe that Zach Taylor is going to get a lot of consideration for this award. Taking this team from where they were last year, uh, which, remember, they they lose their quarterback, you know, during the season. They finish the year at, what, 4-11-1. Then to get Joe Burrow back, and to now be 10-6 and six with the potential of finishing out at 11-6 and six if they beat the Cleveland Browns next week. It's a hell of a coaching job. And for Joe Burrow, why shouldn't he be considered for comeback player of the year? Dak Prescott has been the favorite the entire season for comeback player of the year. And kudos to Dak Prescott. You know, he had a bad injury. And everyone just assumed that if Dak was healthy, Dak would do Dak things, and he'd find himself uh, with this award. The Cowboys are division champs, so why not? Why not Dak Prescott as your comeback player of the year to... Uh, return to put up the numbers that he's put up. Why not give him the award? He's been the favorite the entire season. Dak Prescott this year has, uh, let's see if we can get a refresh here. Dak has thrown four. Where are we? Because we have to get updated stats here. 4,400. And 4,154 yards he has thrown for this season. 32 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, It's a really nice season for Dak Prescott. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's had a tremendous season. Uh, If you look at the touchdown list, Dak is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Eighth in the NFL in touchdown passes. 32 and 10 with 4,154 yards. Joe Burrow this season, and a lot of it has come in the last two weeks, but Joe Burrow this season, 4,611 yards. 500 pretty much more than Dak Prescott, 34 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So two more touchdowns, four more interceptions. Joe Burrow over the last two weeks has thrown for over over 900 yards and nine touchdowns, right? Or eight touchdowns, 525 yards against Baltimore, 446 against Kansas City. Four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Four touchdowns and zero interceptions. In fact, in his last four games, Joe Burrow has thrown for 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions and about 1,400 yards, close to 1,500 yards. That's an impressive stretch of football. Joe Burrow has put up better numbers 
and should be comeback player of the year over Dak Prescott, in my opinion. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can always hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. Scott Sadenberg back here with you on The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Uh, speaking of the prop tracker, that's where I was looking at all the updated odds to win these awards uh, and the comeback player of the year. I Yeah, I think Joe Burrow deserves this award more than Dak Prescott, especially with the way that he's played as of late. And Dak Prescott coming into this week was minus 650 to win the award. Joe Burrow was plus 450. Probably going to be now Dak Prescott drops down to, I'd still say he's a favorite, maybe like minus 175. Uh, and Joe Burrow will go from plus 450, I think, maybe to like plus 200 or something like that. So I still think there might be a little bit of value on Joe Burrow to win the award. Offensive Rookie of the Year also could get very interesting. Coming into this week, Mac Jones was a minus 500 favorite. Jamar Chase was plus 350. And, yeah, Mac Jones had a good game. Mac Jones had a good game. Patriots blew out the Jaguars 50-10. to Mac Jones threw for 227 yards and three touchdowns. Great, great job. Jamar Chase was otherworldly in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Jamar Chase had 11 catches for 266 yards and three touchdowns. That is 
insane. He now has 79 catches for 1,429 yards and 13 touchdowns. Did he play himself into this conversation now for Offensive Rookie of the Year? What's amazing is these awards are as close as I can remember them. You know, we're talking about multiple players for these awards, like Offensive Player of the Year. It's Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Defensive Player of the Year. It's going to be Micah Parsons or, you know, or T.J. Watt. Uh, And we'll see what Watt does on Monday night against the Browns. Micah Parsons, meanwhile, he's a lock to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, you're looking at Mac Jones and Jamar Chase. Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott. Coach of the Year, wide open. And MVP, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, all in the mix, I do believe, to to win this award. So it's going to be really fun to see what happens on the final week of the season. Who continues to shine? Who suffers maybe a hiccup here uh, on the final game of the regular season, the added game, the 17th game, and then we will find out who wins uh, during the NFL Honors Award Show the Thursday before the Super Bowl. So that'll be, I believe, uh, February 10th. We'll find out who wins these awards. And, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot on the line, and it's going to be wide open. And we'll find out, uh, you know, about a month from now. So That's where we are. That's where we stand right now with the futures and the props for your teams uh, moving forward, uh, for your players moving forward, for your teams moving forward. The Packers are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 400, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 500. Then the Buffalo Bills at plus 750, the Rams at plus 850, the Bucks plus 850, Cowboys plus 1100, Titans plus 1300, Patriots plus 1600. In the NFC, it's Packers followed by the Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals, 49ers, Eagles, and Saints. They're still on the board because Saints or 49ers will get into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, they're both still available. In terms of a long shot in the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals at plus 1,000. We know how talented they are. They just... Won a game against the Dallas Cowboys where Kyler Murray had to be, uh, Kyler Murray had to step up, and he absolutely did so. You know, they needed some some big-time runs, and without James Conner, they got those runs from Kyler Murray. Nine carries, 44 yards. A lot of it came in that fourth quarter. Murray threw for 263 yards and two touchdowns as the Cardinals defeated the Cowboys. 25-22. They were winning throughout the whole game, though. Dallas came back at the end. They scored 15 in the fourth quarter, so the game, the score was a little closer than the game uh, really was. You know, the Cardinals were in control here uh, for the first three quarters of this game. I think the Cardinals have the recipe, right? They have the formula. They could get this done. They could win. They've won, you know, they, they, they've won 11 games already this season. They could possibly finish as a 12-win team at plus 1,000 to win the NFC, it's not crazy. Now, let's take a look at what the standings are and what the potential playoff matchups would be. So in the NFC, if everything stands pat 
everybody handles their business on Sunday, which I believe everyone is favored to do so, right? Cowboys are favored over the Eagles. Uh, Packers, we know they're going to be favored over the Lions. Um, Let's see. You have the, we'll say the Saints are favored over the 49ers. We'll say the Niners are, are, uh, excuse me, Saints are favored over the Falcons. 49ers are underdogs against the Rams. So we're going to knock the 49ers out. We're going to put the the Saints in to the playoff picture. And the Saints would be a 9-8. and They would be your 7th seed. So that's where we're going to go based on the odds for this coming week. So your playoff matchups will be your two-seed Rams against your seven-seed in the uh, New Orleans Saints. I think the Rams win that football game. Your six-seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, would play against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa. I think the Bucks win that game. Then you'll have a rematch, Cowboys and Cardinals. Cardinals just won that game. Do the Cowboys win the rematch, or do the Cardinals go into Dallas and win for a second time in just a matter of three, four, three weeks? You got to imagine James Conner will be available, and it'll be a different, uh, it'll be a different game plan. So. And, and maybe the Cowboys learn a little bit, but maybe that adds a different dynamic to this Cardinals team. That's a very close game. And now moving forward, projecting forward, the Green Bay Packers will face the, you know, let's say they face the Cowboys-Cardinals winner. So can the Cowboys or Cardinals go into Lambeau and win a game? I, I, don't, think, I don't think so. And then you'll have the Rams and the Bucks. Who wins that game in L.A.? Well, kind of saw that earlier this year, and the Rams got the job done. So then there's the Rams going into Lambeau. Can the Rams pull off a win? Well, we saw that game earlier this year also, and that didn't happen. So if it plays out that way, just don't see anybody beating the Packers. The Rams at plus 400, I like them as the second favorite because of that potential. But as the long shots, yeah, I don't know. Cardinals, Cowboys, not much there. In the AFC, is there a long shot? And I'll tell you, it's real simple. Really simple. It's the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are plus 500 to win the AFC. The Tennessee Titans are currently your number one overall seed in the AFC. And as long as they win final week of the season, which they should, against the Texans, a team that beat them earlier this year, they're your number one seed. They're going to have a bye. They're going to have home field advantage. There is the potential that Derrick Henry returns for the playoffs. There is, I mean, we're talking about everybody is optimistic that Derrick Henry returns to the playoffs. But even without him, you have the team that is already guaranteed to get to the divisional round because of the first round bye, and they'll be at home for that game. And if they win, they're going to host the AFC title game. You can get them plus 500. Man, um, I, I just think it's a no-brainer.
not saying they're going to do it, but to me, it's the best value on the board. And those odds, will, they're probably going to go down here uh, as we move on to uh, Monday. But if you can get them, if you can get it, get it. Because that number is not going to be there much longer. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VCD, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 